I'm always happy when I have an athlete come in that says, like, listen, I'm ready, I'm getting ready to ramp up my activity level. I just want to, something's been nagging. I can identify these small problems, but our therapists can work with those patients one-on-one -on -one for long periods of time, really pick out the finer points of some of these risky activities or movements, and fine-tune their performance before they ever get hurt. I'm just going to have you straighten this leg, lean the body forward a little bit, hold your leg up in this position. Okay. What I'm going to do is I'm going to push your leg down. Hello and welcome to 20 Minute Health Talk. I'm Rob Hoyle. Most people think sports medicine is for helping serious athletes recover from injuries, but anyone pursuing any activity can benefit from a sports medicine specialist. They treat injuries, of course, but they also address injury prevention and offer training tips, exercise programs, and nutritional guidance. Sports medicine doctors care for athletes, sports teams, and active individuals looking to maintain a healthy lifestyle. Then there are sports medicine orthopedic surgeons. While the vast majority of sports injuries don't require surgery, they specialize in treating those that do. Both before and after treatment, these patients may also see a sports physical therapist, a specialty in medicine focused on building strength and identifying potential problems. This can help them recover from injury, prevent potential breakdowns, and just as important to some, improve performance in their sport. I recently visited the Nicholas Institute of Sports Medicine and Athletic Trauma, known as NISMAT, on the Upper East Side in Manhattan to speak with two leading sports medicine experts. Dr. Michael Zakili is an orthopedic sports medicine surgeon at Lenox Health Greenwich Village, also in Manhattan, and an assistant professor of orthopedic surgery with Northwell Health. He's also the team physician for the College of Staten Island. Our other guest is Dr. Tak Fuganaga, a board-certified specialist in sports physical therapy, certified athletic trainer, strength and conditioning specialist, and research physical therapist. He serves as Senior Manager of Rehabilitation Services at NISMAT, which is celebrating its 50th anniversary this year. The Institute has played an integral role in shaping what sports medicine looks like today, a topic we'll talk more about later in the show. We kicked off our conversation by talking about who should see a sports medicine specialist. Some people listening may hear the word sport and think it's not for them. But Dr. Zakili stressed that sports medicine is for anyone who is active. Sport is anything that gets your heart going, right? And so it doesn't have to be organized sports. Uh, it can be uh, pickleball. It can be golf. It can be uh, running for uh, general health purposes. So pretty everybody in their own way is an athlete. I think the unique perspectives for sports medicine is really it's focused on outcome, what the patient's goals are, and you know balancing surgical treatment and and the return to sports, return to the field, and the interplay between those because it's not always as simple as do the surgery, get back to sports. And Dr. Fukunaga notes that it takes a team approach. Sports physical therapists work very closely with the sports medicine doctors. Um, our NISMAT team consists not only of physical therapists that are experts in orthopedic physical therapy, but we have exercise physiologists, we have a nutritionist, we have biomechanists and engineers that understands these the, the um, different parts of what makes the complete athlete. One of our mottos is we treat the athlete, not the injury, right? Okay. So the, the concepts that Dr. James Nicholas, who founded this institute, um, really 
establish is the concept of linkage. Right. And it's linkage meaning that there are different parts of our body are linked together. And when we get an injury, one body part, first of all, that probably uh, injury happened because of other parts of the body interplaying, ending up with that injury. And secondly, as a result of that injury, other parts of the body either compensate or feel the effects of that injury. So we have to look at the entire body in order to get the patient to recover fully and get back to sport. A prime example of how linkage applies to athletics, Dr. Zakili added, can be found on the pitcher's mound. Probably the best example is throwing athletes because that goes, it starts at your toes. Right. Throwing. Yeah, if pitchers get injured, you have to start the evaluation at their toes where they contact the dirt. Wow. And it goes all the way up. And anything in that chain, that kinetic chain, can affect the thrower. And so sometimes when we see a patient, whether it's you know, one of these big pitchers with a UCL tear or a muscle strain in their forearm, that may not be the predominant problem. They may have stepped down wrong coming off of a step and bruised their heel or uh, something that's impacting their whole movement chain. And, and the end result is that their movement is, is damaged or problematic and putting more stress on a structure than it should. And that word chain is the, is the important piece is we actually have a couple of ongoing studies looking at the movement um, progression from the legs all the way up to their fingertips. Yeah. So the sequence has to be just right, and if something is off, then, then that's when injuries happen. Yeah. And it's also not an efficient way of throwing, so it ends up with that they're not performing at their highest level. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not just injury prevention or treatment, it's also performance optimization. While sports medicine, physical therapists, and doctors collaborate and together play a vital role in caring for the athletes throughout their journey, there are some key differences. Sports medicine doctors, where most of us are orthopedic surgeons, there are non-operative sports doctors, but uh, here in our context, most of us orthopedic surgeons, um, a lot of times people enter the pathway through the doctor, Um, we'll see them in the clinic um, and uh, do a quick evaluation, identify on, on a broader level, what is the problem now? And then try and get a hand on what maybe the underlying factors are. Um, uh, we give our prescription or referral uh, to the patient with some general guidelines, and then that's when they come in for their evaluation with therapy. And I'm always happy when I have an athlete come in that says like, listen, I'm, ready, I'm getting ready to ramp up my activity level. I just wanna, something's been nagging, can you check in on it? That lets me identify movement restrictions or weaknesses, and I can send them over to TAC. I get one look at the patient. Um, I can identify these small problems, but our therapists can work those those patients one-on-one for long periods of time, really pick out the finer points of some of these risky activities or movements, and fine-tune their performance before they ever get hurt. While a sports medicine doctor makes the medical diagnosis, which may or may not involve surgery, a sports physical therapist evaluation takes a different focus. So how do we evaluate patients? We look at where do they get, need to get to? What are their performance demands, right? What sports do they play? And within that sport, what's their position? What are the demands that are placed on their body and their mind? And what, where are they now? So we do our evaluation. Do they have any strength deficits? Do they have any range of motion deficits? Do they have any movement impairments? And based on our assessment, we recommend a program that's progressive and gradually get them back to where they want to be. If the, if the patient is only looking to get back to walking and sitting and maybe going up and down subway stairs, that's one kind of program. But if they're looking to do sprints and play pickleball, that's a whole nother program. 
And these aren't your average physical therapists from identifying strength or range of motion deficits in a golfer to helping runners ramp up for a marathon. What sets a sports physical therapist apart is the understanding of the demands of the sport, right? So it's not just the physical strength and range of motion things, but it's also the other things. There's a psychological demand, there is the social demands, as well as the environmental things. So when Dr. Zakili or one of us is covering on the sidelines, we have to think about the environmental demands on the athlete. How's the heat level? What is, what's the climate out there? So these, this is the level that we have to understand the athletes at in order to help them achieve and perform at that level that they want, they want to function. Yeah. If they're having a hard time even walking, we might start with the real basics. We use modalities to help calm down the symptoms, the swelling, and then we start to load the muscle a little bit, isometric contractions, so we coach them on exercises that they can start with in therapy and they can do every day on their own at home. And those exercises will progressively get harder to the point where they can really stretch the muscle and load the muscle and it won't break. That's where we want to get to and we'll have them practice their sports movements in front of us in physical therapy and when they can confidently do all the movements that's required for their sport, we discharge and release them uh, back to their sport. Yeah. The depth of knowledge is critical, Dr. Zakili added, for his patients in the journey back to their sport following an injury. Because a lot of places, you're going to finish the program that the surgeon sends, and, and no one's going to watch you take that step. And we know as surgeons, like, that's the problems happen not during therapy. It's when the patient decides to kind of move that on to their activity or to their sport. Um, and if that's not, if that part isn't supervised and managed by someone with, you know, understanding of movement patterns, that's when really the danger comes into play. Here is a place where this is a, a therapist, a provider who is familiar with that sport or with those movements and can watch you do them the first time. That way, when you get back on the field, you can do it with confidence. So it's looser on the left. Looser is not necessarily a good thing, so that, that probably has something to do with it. Yeah. Um, but so what I would recommend is... The interaction you just heard was Dr. Fukunaga working with a runner training for the New York City Marathon and looking to improve weakness in her hips, a problem identified during an evaluation at NISMAT that included VO2 max testing, which is used to assess an athlete's fitness level, and it can be used to track their progress. This advanced system is the same used by the U.S. Olympic team and is one of many tools and toys Dr. Fukunaga said make NISMAT a destination for world-class runners, gymnasts, and professional athletes, many of whom you see pictures of on the walls as you enter the rehab facility. You know, towards the end, that's when it gets really exciting. We move from the dull sort of, you know, boring exercises to actually them doing agility drills with the racket in their hand and you know, pivoting and shifting different ways. That's when it gets really fun. And, you know, to, to, to see the, the, the joy and excitement in the patient's eyes, it's kind of mixed in with a little bit of nervousness, you know, a little scared to do those movements. But since they're doing that in physical therapy, they start to regain the confidence yeah. and they can get back to their sport. And, and that's really another huge difference between a sports medicine, physical therapist, sports medicine center, and just, you know, any other therapist. Not only a leader in sports medicine today, NISMAT was actually the world's first hospital-based facility committed solely 
to the study of sports medicine. We are very happy to celebrate our 50th anniversary. So Dr. James Nicholas founded the Institute of Sports Medicine and Athletic Trauma at Lenox Hill Hospital back in 1973. And at the time, it was the first hospital-based sports medicine institute in the world. And um, his vision was to have a hospital-based institute dedicated to the study of sports medicine, where research, education, and clinical services would be housed under one roof. And that's the mission that we've carried all through the 50 years. Um, and we're celebrating 50 years this year. From the start, research, Dr. Fuganaga said, has played a significant role in NISMAT's influence on the world of sports medicine. When Dr. James Nicholas started the Institute, he had this vision that research really um, helps to drive everything else, right? It helps to drive our clinical services. It helps to validate what we do in orthopedic surgery and physical therapy. Um, and also it drives our education, educating the next generation of clinicians. Um, so research is an integral part of what we do at the Institute. Um, but also what we do in clinical services helps to drive the research in that it generates the questions that really drive the research forward. Um, and as far as uh, who is involved and what kind of research is being done, it really runs the whole spectrum of sports medicine. We've done research in orthopedic surgery, we've done research in physical therapy and rehabilitation, exercise physiology, sports science, biomechanics, even areas of cardiovascular um, medicine, nephrology, all these different areas because we, we think that um, sports medicine really is an integration of all these different areas. That brings us back to the idea of linkage, which Dr. Fukunaga talked about earlier. He explains why a sports medicine team would study areas beyond the bones, muscles, and joints. The second part of that linkage is it's not just the musculoskeletal system, but for, our, for the athletes to function at the full capacity, we have to look at the cardiovascular system, the pulmonary system, their brain, the neurocognitive system, um, everything combined in order to best prepare the athlete. And it's concepts like these, which Dr. Fukunaga said were born out of early research by NISMAT's founder, Dr. James Nicholas. They have shaped how specialists of all stripes think about sports medicine, including Dr. Sakili. Yeah, well, for me, I, I'm a little bit of an outsider here, um, uh, coming from the mil my military background and outside of the Lennox Hill family initially before joining here. Uh, for me, you know, it's it's being able to see the leadership that this institute has provided and really shaped my profession uh, from uh, James Nicholas and, and Stephen here now, um, who've really uh, kind of led the way in, in shaping the way we think about sports, not just locally, but nationally. So uh, really great to kind of now work as a sports medicine physician in that same, in that same uh, setting. Uh, is kind of humbling. And continuing that legacy, Dr. Fukunaga said, it's its own reward. I've been here 15 years and from the start, I, I, I saw Nismet's history as the history of sports medicine itself, really. You know, I've, I've only heard about the work of J Dr. James Nicholas. I never had the chance to meet him. But just the pioneering, pioneering work that he's done through research, through clinical, establishing clinical uh, services, and the, the research that has gone on since then um, has really shaped what we do nowadays in sports medicine. And, and we continue to do that, I think. We continue to have a, an active research agenda in all the different areas of sports medicine. Um, so I'm just really proud to be part of this history-making proce process that's ongoing. 
As NISMAT marks 50 years, its trailblazing team continues to push the field of sports medicine forward with cutting-edge research touching everything from meniscus tears, ACL tears, and movement patterns to something called biomechanics. A word you've heard a few times in this podcast, it's the science of how the body moves, specifically how muscles, bones, tendons, and ligaments work together to move. Using the same tech as motion capture for video games, teams like the one at NISMAT use it to collect data to help patients identify problem areas while engaging in activities like running or cycling. The tech is a combination of both infrared cameras, force plates, and markers, which look like mini ping pong balls with reflective material on them. All right, so we're going to put about 22 of these on you. Okay. Uh, toes up to your shoulders. Uh, you just sit there and we stick them on LeBron was wearing a suit at some point in his career. Going back to our runner, the team at NISMAT monitored her movements while running on a treadmill, using all the data which feeds into a computer and helps the team visualize her biomechanics. Again, how the muscles, bones, tendons, and ligaments work together to move. They identified areas where she can improve and prescribed exercises to help strengthen certain muscles. So tie it around the, the middle of your foot, okay? Balancing on one foot, you basically just kick out to the side. Among NISMAT's many research efforts, Dr. Fukunaga's primary focus is in recovery from ACL reconstruction surgery. We see patients who had ACL reconstruction surgery suffering with that quadricep muscle weakness probably up to a year after surgery. So, and we still don't understand fully what the mechanism is behind that. So we used a technology called magnetic stimulation to try to understand is the, the, the problem we see early on in the rehab process because the patient cannot activate their muscle fully or it's because the muscle itself is getting smaller. We found that when we test them around three months or six months after surgery, most of the weakness that we see is due to the muscle actually being smaller, not so much that they cannot fully activate the muscle. Um, And currently I'm involved in a study that um, we're looking at how patients move after having had ACL reconstruction surgery. And Dr. Sakili added that research like this is already altering how orthopedic surgeons work with their patients. It used to be after an ACL, you'd be hooked up to an electrical stimulator and we'd just try to get that muscle activated. And now with those, those sorts of findings, we can try to focus on how do we safely load the muscle to get hypertrophy or growth to fix the, the predominant problem, which is the size of the muscle, right? So, and, and similarly return to sports, how do we know out of the tests that we have, like how do we best identify the correct ones to utilize where we can tell a patient, yeah, you're done, you're recovered, you're safe. Um, And we only know that if we take the time to look at it. Whether it's running a marathon, returning to a sport, or simply getting back to daily activities of life, both of our guests said watching a patient recover successfully is the best part of the job. Seeing somebody get back, and I think, again, I as an often injured athlete, I know how devastating it can be to not be on the field or not be doing your sport or activity of choice. And so to be able to get people back to where they want to be or to where they want to be for the first time, some, in some cases, uh, very rewarding. Even things like back to walking is, you know, that, that's what keeps us, the physical therapists, going is, is the, the, the joy that we see in their faces as they take their first step after Achilles tendon repair or, you know, the first practice or first uh, spinning class that they have just coming you know they them coming back and telling us how happy they were that they could do it I had a patient cry the other day because she could do push-ups again after she fractured her proximal humerus and she was just happy to do push-ups you know 
As we wrapped up our conversation, Dr. Zakili offered this advice to any athlete left wondering if and when they should see a sports medicine specialist. The, probably the biggest mistake we see, myself and I'm sure Zach, is the, the patients who have an injury or a little bit of a strain and they, and they try to push through it. Yeah. Uh, taking the time to come and see someone, we can identify or even improve your performance before you have the big injury. I'd, I'd, I'd prefer to never have to do, I love surgery, I love operating, but I'd prefer to never have to do surgery uh, having been on the other side of it. So if you're having ankle pain or something, don't try to run through it. Stop it. Come and get checked. You can always you know, do the ice, do the anti-inflammatories, do the rest for a day or two, but if you have pain that's persisting or limiting your movement or your activity more than a couple days, then, then come and get checked. I want to thank Dr. Michael Zakili and Dr. Tak Fukunaga again for having us at NISMET. It's truly a one-of-a-kind facility with world-renowned researchers and clinicians who for the past 50 years have led the way in the field of sports medicine. For our entire team, I'm Rob Hoyle, and this has been another edition of 20-Minute Health Talk.